Welcome to the Otter Cares Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Jess. And we've got a great show for you today. Otter Cares Podcast. Who are we talking to? Who's, um, who's on today's docket? Oh, man. So this is a long time coming to have this very special um, guest join us to kind of help round out our year. So first of all, I want to thank all of our listeners for making our first year, season one, so amazing. So thank you guys. Yay. Um, with a pandemic and everything, we managed and we still to, did it. <laughs> to make this It's all happen. for you guys. That's right. So thank you guys so much for um, being listeners, for supporting us. Um, being an amazing audience for us to share these incredible stories with. Uh, and we hope they've been inspiring. We hope that um, you've gotten something out of it. And we hope you've told your friends about what an amazing show this is. So if you Absolutely. haven't, you still have time. You still have time. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> and you could go back and listen to all the other ones if you haven't yet, too. Oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> right? Christmas break is coming, right? That, yes. is, that is perfect time to do this. Get that winter break ready. Launch to get that iPad and get your podcast all like snuggled up with a, some cozy pajamas. Yeah. yeah, right? Oh, yeah. A little fire going. Ooh, <laughs> right? <laughs> For all of our friends that are like in the 75 degree <laughs> winter, oh, yeah. you can still cozy up with our podcast. It's still pretty cozy. Yeah. But also invite us over after the pandemic's done. <laughs> please, <laughs> please kidding. do. Please. So, um, to help round out 2020, I really am excited about having our guest on today. Um, this is our executive director, Linda Crum. Um, right. She is our fearless leader. Um, she's been with the foundation since April of 2018. And we have asked her to just kind of help us remember what 2020 was like from our perspective and really the learnings that we've taken from the year and get excited about what next year holds. You know, I think 2020, I was a very good learning and growing year. Yes. <laughs> to, to put it lightly. <laughs> um, but because we've been able to go through this as a community, as um as a neighborhood, as a nation, as people that are still committed to creating change. I'm really excited to hear her perspective as we reflect on the accomplishments that we were still able to achieve within the year. Um, talk about those pivot moments that uh, flexed us and allowed us to showcase our ability to be really flexible in a time of uncertainty. and. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate what we've achieved and celebrate and get excited about what 2021 holds for, for all of us. Absolutely. And stay tuned because we have a really fun question to ask Linda that I'm very curious the answer to. So <laughs> let's welcome Linda in. All right. So welcome, Miss Linda Crum, our executive director, fearless leader, herder of cats. Welcome Yay. to our podcast. <laughs> Cats. I like that. Well, thank you. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Uh, we were very excited to have you kind of end cap our year, um, our first season. Um, I think it's a great way to round out uh, the great context and content that we've been able to share with our listeners um, and just get to learn about you. You get to 
round out this year on a hot positive note for us for the Out of Curious podcast. So Sarah's kind of just telling us a little about you. Like, what would our, tell us about who Linda Crum is. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in title, I'm the executive director of the Auto Cares Foundation, but I wear a lot of hats, you know, when I'm outside of that foundation. Um, I'm a wife, a mom with three daughters and two fur boys. Um, I'm a connector at heart, a networker, someone who's deeply passionate, which isn't always good, a coach, a mentor, and a mentee, and someone um, who loves to learn and is very faith-based. Wow, that's we're not interviewing you, Linda. This isn't a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was perfect. <laughs> And I can tell you, you know, just from personal experience and walking along alongside Linda for um, two and a half years um, in the foundation, I mean, she's a true servant leader. She puts her staff um, and our needs at the top of her, her list to make sure that, you know, we are all supported, which allows us to, you know, push the envelope a little bit, create those stretch goals and work really hard to bring our mission to life pack that we're striving to create so she's she's awesome and we're very lucky Absolutely. to have her yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i i would probably add one thing to that you know the sign of a smart leader is when you have people that work with you that cover your weaknesses so the reason our foundation is successful is because i have an amazing team that really fills a lot of gaps that i have and we create great work so I'll, I'll redirect that one Aww. back on. Virtual I have everybody. <laughs> Teamwork makes a dream work, y'all. That is a true statement for us, 100% every day, all day. Um, so a lot of people, we talk a lot about our mission and bringing our mission to life um, through um, various ways. But our goal through our, the podcast and the content that we share is really to kind of dig into this is who we are and what we do and how it comes to life. And I would love for you to share um, from your perspective, why do you personally think our mission is so important? Yeah. Well, you know, the core of our mission is really inspiring philanthropists and entrepreneurs. And, you know, it. what's really important about this is really we are in a position where we can put resources in the hands of teachers and those who work with youth to implement programs that ultimately empower the next generation. Um, you know, kids are able to explore their curiosities, engage in things they are passionate about or might become passionate about. And as a result, they sort of see this difference that they can make. You know, they sort of self-discover these pieces of themselves that are, are really magical and, and fill their bucket. And so, you know, at times they might be discovering, you know, how I, they can give of themselves and the difference it makes and the feeling it creates, or they might discover a talent they have, um, you know, but when you put it all together, it's their collective action that really starts to create change. And so the fact that, you know, in an unprecedented time where people are really striving to find their voice and their place, you know, our mission really zeroes in on that empowerment that really allows change to occur and for that next generation to really feel the opportunity they have to be a part of it. 
That's perfect. And I love it so much. Um, you captured, I mean, I love that personal perspective. I think what makes our, our mission so unique is the personal connection that we all have to it and the desire that our staff and the otters and our community have to really lifting up young people, um, providing them with resource and opportunity to find their voice, to find that uniqueness and that, that purposeful drive that they can then give to the world and make it better and brighter and make it theirs. It's unique to who they are. And I think that's what uh, gets me fired up about what we do is just unleashing that in young people and helping them understand you are, you're powerful, you're important, and you can go do stuff that I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's exciting about our mission is it's really sometimes in non-traditional ways in terms of classrooms or youth programs. You know, there's different environments that these students are exposed to that, you know, allows them the opportunity to be successful in a way they might not normally feel successful in a traditional classroom, you know. And so with that feeling, they're willing to open up and build the type of relationships where they can really bring the most out of themselves. So, you know, I just think it's so important to put those resources in the hands of those really inspiring teachers who create these environments for our students that um, we know are really going to be our future. Yeah, and it's kind of breaking that like cookie cutter mold of like of education, right? Because I mean, I know that, you know, education's evolved quite a bit you know, over the years where it's not just like everybody's going to learn the same thing all the time. But I feel like this, this is still on that, on that bleeding, that cutting edge of like, Hey, let's, let's get, get these great tools in the hands of teachers who can then give them to kids. And then, um, you know, who knows what these kids are going to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you know, the thing that certainly when I went to school a hundred years ago, right. It was, you know, you just sort of, did what you were told and, you know, that was sort of how the world operated, right? You know, you didn't question a lot. You didn't, you know, this is the way things worked. And, you know, my kids right now are in a world where we want them to understand why. We want them to question. We want them, you know, to really explore things and figure it out because we see the value in the skills that it develops in them, right? When, when they're given that opportunity. So I agree. I'm glad we're sort of given the opportunity to break the mold of the typical cookie cutter to allow those really exciting educators to build and inspire um, new ways of doing things and really equip students to be prepared for sort of what lies beyond their K through 12 experience. Amazing. There's so much opportunity to, you know, what I love is just being able to walk alongside those educators that are like pumped and ready and go and let's break molds and unleash the amazingness in kids. But it's also, it's those teachers and educators that inspire those other teachers and educators. They're like, I see what you're doing. I think it's cool. I don't know how to do that. So how can I emulate you? And that's where we get to come in and be that connector and say, hey, look at this teacher. Let's get you partner with that team or that project and just just watch relationships develop. That really trickles down to those young minds that are our leaders and, and change makers of today and tomorrow, really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I mean, what a 
you know, when I look back at sort of our past year, I think you hit it on the head, Jess. I mean, you know, we, um, we had just at the start of 2020 wrapped up some work in a blue ocean shift. And, you know, we, we did that to say, hey, what's our place in entrepreneurship in K through 12 education. And, you know, as we went through this year of really thinking and analyzing and looking at models and gaps and needs and reaching out to educators in their programs, I think the thing that we discovered plain and simple at the top of the, you know, umbrella was, hey, you know, we're a, we're a funder and a connector. Um, there are opportunities for us to empower those teachers that are amazing, right, that are our exemplars. Um, and we want to also be able to connect them, you know, so there's that opportunity. Um, beyond that, it really came down to this, okay, but how can we create more of them? <laughs> There's some, mm-hmm. you know, when we just look in Northern Colorado alone, we know we have some really strong examples of educators and youth program leaders that are just really doing amazing work with kids and are bullseye for what we're after in terms of really empowering, inspiring those philanthropists and entrepreneurs. So, you know, another piece of what happened is, you know, we might typically in a year be focused on those exemplars and granting their idea. But I think we hit sort of the end of this blue ocean shift. We identified this need to be a funder and a connector and COVID sort of hit. And all of a sudden, you know, it really almost took us to a point where we went up a notch and thought bigger. And I think for us, that's the exciting part about 2020 is because we really started to work with Colorado Succeeds and MindSpark Learning to say, okay, we don't really have time to dig into teachers and administrators right now in school districts because they're so overwhelmed. They've got so much on their plate right now with really reinventing how they still educate their districts, right? And their schools or their classrooms. So we went up a level and we, we thought a little bigger and we said, hey, how do we take these ideas that we learned in our blue ocean shift and how do we develop them so when we get through this phase, we're able to create more impact for these districts and these educators and these youth program leaders. And so connecting to Colorado Succeeds, connecting to MindSpark Learning, we identified, hey, if we want to create more entrepreneurial environments, we want to have more teachers that are teaching and enhancing that entrepreneurial mindset, then we need to make sure we're replicating more teachers with that mindset, right? And so that was our partnership with MindSpark Learning. Hey, we've got this great group from this nonprofit that that's what they do really well. They create these entrepreneurial mindsets and they are really the exemplar at educating, professionally developing people in the space of education. So let's let them do their work but connect them to our goals for our mission. In addition, we said, okay, what if we, in addition to the professional development, what if we then said, hey, you know, let's work with Colorado Succeeds and expand it into five districts instead of just one school or program. And let's really grow this idea of what does entrepreneurship look like or what is entrepreneurial learning 
And how can I understand it in a way I can bring it into my classroom or in my youth program or my club or whatever I'm doing, right? And so it's really given us a chance to go up several levels to really fund and connect some exceptional nonprofits and to really bring to light the exemplars that we were granting at a classroom level. So for us, 2020 has been really fun on the entrepreneurial side. And then what also has been fun is what we've been doing with Project Heart, which is our philanthropy program. You know, we've launched a new website. Um, Jess was amazing in the work that she did with that. Um, And then, you know, we've really discovered that, you know, Project Heart has this opportunity um, to be incorporated so many ways and can be used in so, so many different ways that it's not... You know, it can be a standalone curriculum, but we know in today's world with all the pivots in education that we wanted to create something that teachers could use as an experience. We want them to be able to give their kids an experience in going through a program, and we wanted to make it fun and relevant and exciting. So for us, I mean, we really were able to do some bigger things related to both our entrepreneurship and our philanthropy work. So in a way, I think it really was a good year for us. And I think our team was super agile and really pivoted in such a positive direction to make all that happen. It's so fun to hear you reflect back on like 2020, because I remember sitting there in March and wondering, okay, (laughs) if all of this is happening, what does the end of the year look like? You know, we go into March, then we get into April and it just feels like a, it just kept kind of happening. I just, we never got out of this, this moment that we were hoping to like, Oh, okay. It's only going to be a little bit, we're going to get through it. It's going to be fine. We'll just take a breath and it's okay. People, we got Uh this, but you know, you start walking through and you realize, okay, this is going to be a little bit longer than we anticipated. And I think at that point you had a choice of being paralyzed because Every single plan that you made has been demolished and thrown out the window. I can say as a planner, I had a little <laughs> mental breakdown about that. Yep. <laughs> Watching my roadmap just, you know, disintegrate into pieces. I'm like, well, that was fun. Was so sad. That's yep. right. Um, but then you have a choice and you have the ability to be like, okay, this is different and this is unexpected, but let's, what else can we do to keep moving? And I, Linda, you said it beautifully for our team and for our work. It was like, okay, let's take the time that we have to really see where we want to go and how we're going to get there. So it's been kind of like that self-discovery and growth and planning year that um, I think a lot of us can um, kind of feel. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like the the mood for 2020 is like, this is all about growth and introspection and development. And it's, it's, you know, when you're uncomfortable, you're growing, so it's okay. (laughs) Um, And then really navigating, okay, here, we know this is who we want to be in this area of our, of our mission. So let's get to work. You know, things, weird stuff is kind of crazy. It's a little wonky, but that isn't a reason to stop. We're going to keep pushing forward and and connect with those amazing organizations and like-minded change makers who are pushing the envelope and still making stuff happen. And with Project Heart, man, this, how could you not want to use Project Heart during this time and saying, kids, adults, (laughs) right? (laughs) go and And find a way to make a difference. (laughs) 
well, I think it's so I cool think- too because it's like it's like you guys like like us as an, as a you know Otter Cares organization we're we're an example of that like forced innovation and that like entrepreneurial thinking, right? I mean, it's like, we're an example, the example that we're trying to get kids to emulate and teachers to teach, um, you know, obviously we had to walk through ourselves and yeah, it's hard. And so, I mean, I think for me personally, I, I gained a lot of empathy, you know, in, you know, just like, okay, yeah. Like that, that roadmap has just fallen apart and, um, you know, I can understand more, you know, like students having to like really like think about, okay, how do I, how can I really like innovate past this? Like just, you just said, you can either be paralyzed or you can, or you can move along. Right. And just what a great example, Linda, under your leadership of like, Hey, you know, I know this is hard, but this is what we're about. And how can we do this differently? Right. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm so grateful that um, Gina Montesanti and Matt Evans, you know, really led us through that year of that blue ocean work, because, I mean, it literally put us in a position to be prepared to take to have a different response when the pandemic hit, you know? And so, I mean, you could have never predicted that, you know, right? Like we did it for the reason of, we really want to understand how to create more impact, but um, that wasn't even, you know, a plan on the page, right? Like it wasn't even, you know, the, the fact that in 2020, the change in our world starting in March really just became the force that said, all right, let's, let's, let's make the most of it. And, you know, let's just accelerate on this a little faster than we anticipated. And I think even in some of our partner work, you know, that learning of being a funder and connector really changed with 2020, right? So I think about how we had given the CSU Institute for Entrepreneurship a grant to really kind of expand into K-12 education on their entrepreneurship programs, right? And so they were able to implement and, you know, get started and really understand partners that we've been working with that we just really find value in the work that they're doing But I think what happened all of a sudden in 2020, because of now schools going back into the fall in sort of this remote or blended remote environment, it really forced some of our exemplars to say, hey, wait, the thing that has really been significant in our programming, we we don't want to lose it. And so just as an example, Colin Turbert, who's now the head of school at the Fort Collins CEC campus, he he actually said to me, hey, Linda, I don't want to lose ground on this. Our entrepreneurship program, despite all of this, you know, chaos that we're going through, it needs to be stronger. We need to move on some of the weak points we, we you know, really uncovered as to where we can't go any further. And we really need to create that opportunity for students. And and even though everything is unknown, we need to figure this out. And it just gave us this opportunity to connect CEC to the work of CSU. And to be honest, it pushed CSU out of their comfort zone. So they're two years further in their plan than they would have been 
if the world hadn't changed. So it just, you know, what I love about the fact that, and Matt, you kind of hit it on the head, when you're in the, the world of entrepreneurship and that's what you value, it's that ability to take risk. It's that ability to be agile. It's the ability to learn and pivot, right? And that's what our great partners did. And they helped us forge a path that maybe we didn't even anticipate when I look at, you know, now that pilot with the CSU Institute for Entrepreneurship and CEC Fort Collins. I love being able to be that connector, even in times of like, what are we doing? Because, I mean, we love Colin, you know, color early colleges that even he's an inspiration. And if you haven't seen his amazing Precious Plastic video on our YouTube channel, please check it out and get inspired about this open source plastic recycling program that kiddos are running with and uh, at Color Early Colleges. Um, but being able when when educators reach out to us and they're like, "Hey, we we don't want to lose momentum. We don't want to lose the traction that we've gained over the last couple of years. How can you help us?" And it can be really for easy for us just to be like, oh, well, we can give you a grant and good luck and we'll catch you when things aren't crazy and we can go into your school. But that's not who we are. You know, we are not we want to be able to provide that and invest in those funds. But it's more about we want to connect you to people who are really doing amazing things so right. you can work together to push the envelope farther. And I think that example of color early colleges and uh, CSU's Institute for Entrepreneurship is beautiful, and I am so excited to see what happens with it because I think it's going to be bigger than um, a lot of us are can process right now at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, and it's really a pilot that creates a template for yeah. other schools or school districts to use, and that's the goal of it, right? Like it's never just about that school. And that program, although the impact will be deep and rich within it, it's the fact that it can that can it can expand borders and the growth can be exponential and create more impact. So, you know, that's what's exciting is, you know, when you're able to think about programs that can have that bigger ripple of effect as they move forward. And 2021, here we come. <laughs> no it really is it is cool to look to look back through through this lens because i'd say kind of my you know i haven't been quite as involved in like all of this action happening more and kind of like the like storytelling side of things but um you know it's uh now i just i hope everybody subscribes to this podcast because this is just so cool to hear right and i hope colin is a listener he better be <laughs> but no i just yeah, it's it's really fun to hear from kind of outside inside perspective. Like, wow, this is great! Like now I'm now I'm all like jacked again. Like, let's yeah. go! <laughs> right, you know, and the, you know, I think what's great about it is so these are the really high level, you know, kind of skeleton things, right? Like, but what's exciting is it comes to life through the storytelling that you both do, right? And that's really where it makes sense to people, right? Like people see through those stories, the value and the change and why it's so important in our world today and the difference it makes and how lives are changed and impacted, right? So um, that's what's exciting is that, you know, while we couldn't get in 
and necessarily film those stories, we've sort of set the foundation for some really cool stories to be told. Right. You know, and maybe even better, maybe even better stories, maybe even more stories, you know, bigger stories. Right. So I think that's what's so exciting about it is had we not had that pause, right, where we went up a few levels, um, Mm -hmm. maybe maybe the stories that are going to unfold, we would have never seen. It's true. Mm. It's so true. Yeah. So it's silver lining. Yeah. Right. It's cheesy, but everything does happen for a reason. You know, hindsight is ha ha 2020. So my in 2021, the work is done. The storytelling's all on YouTube. So (laughs) do it. We're on it. Got this. How's that sound? I love it. it. That's a fair trade off. (laughs) You know, you know, that's right. Linda, you talked beautifully about the fact that even though it, the world fell apart for a little bit and it was kind of scary, we never stopped moving. You know, we kept moving forward. It may have changed the way our plans looked and the the, the path that we were on might have been a little bit different, but we stayed true to what we were committed to do. We had a goal, we had a vision, and we never stopped pushing forward. And that was true for a lot of our partners. They had you know, dreams don't stop, (laughs) you know, dreams change, but dreams don't stop. Plans usually don't stop. They just change. Uh, And a lot of our educators walk that journey, but still wanted to have the support that we were able to give them through investing in their ideas. And so we still had our impact and inspiration fund applicants. We're still able to invest in some crazy, amazing, cool ideas that will transform young people. And we just recently um, had our innovation station fund grant open up. So that stuff never changed. And I encourage all of our listeners to remember that even though your, your dream may feel a little bit different in a season, doesn't mean it's a bad dream. Just keep moving on it. Cause usually like our, we have a great example. Our dream was different than we had to, you know, the way that it came to life and the way that we planned around it looked a lot different than we, when we kind of took 2020 on in January, (laughs) January, we were like, yes, this is what we're doing. March, we're like, no, we can't do that anymore. What else can we do? (laughs) So never stop dreaming, never stop pursuing um, because people are behind you. People are watching you and are inspired by you and you have communities and, and, um, supporters that want to watch those dreams come to life so we're so excited for all of the impact and inspiration and innovation station fund uh, awardees in 2020 and we can't wait to see those ideas come to life in cool ways and and share them to linda's point in 2021 we got lots of stuff brewing people so make sure you're following us on social media and subscribing to this podcast i can't plug that enough (laughs) agreed i love it yes Um, you know, we didn't, I mean, we're not isolated in Fort Collins or in our communities here. We are constantly running into and being impacted by our Otter family being impacted by whether it's COVID or wildfires or, um, families that have kids that need a safe place to go and learn after school. Right. We've, but we've been able to, you know, make sure that we're living our living back, even when, things got a little squirrely, you know, come March and, and April. So Linda, can you talk to us a little bit about how we were still able to support our community um, 
even, you know, despite a challenging year, like what we're able to do that may not feel like a bullseye for our mission, but still um, is really our mission in action. Right. Yeah, I think that's such a great point, Jess. We, um, you know, we do have a core value of giving back in our company. And, you know, part of the work that we do in the Otter Cares Foundation connects to the nonprofits in our community. We want to be supportive of events that they have. We want to help, you know, kind of grow and spread their mission. And so we typically have a fund that will, you know, sponsor or be a part of charitable events they're having. And, you know, this year, so many of those nonprofits were hit hard and not able to host in-person events, but, you know, in their own innovative way, they found ways to do it. And, you know, we made the, the choice early in COVID that, hey, if you've been granted sponsorship dollars, we don't want that back. We want you to use it for your nonprofit, which, you know, typically those are event related funds, but we just said, hey, this is a time where we need to step up as a community leader and make sure we're we're really showing and shining through with that core value of giving back and really stepping up when our nonprofits are in the most need. So that was something that we shifted right away to say, hey, this needs to happen. Um, the other thing that we did is, you know, we looked at um, you know, different task force that were happening in our community. One of them really centered on supporting small businesses. And, you know, we um, provided some funding into the Colorado Enterprises Fund that normally probably wouldn't be a grant that we would um, give into that organization based on our mission or our alignment in a typical year for where we're trying to create deep impact. But we also say, hey, in times of need, we need to address the needs of our communities these businesses are important and we need to step up as a player in the community that helps them thrive during these difficult times. Um, you know, Boys and Girls Club was another example where they were really trying to meet the needs of students that just needed a safe and stable learning environment in order to even remote learn. And so, you know, that required with, with COVID extra staffing dollars, things like that. And again, you know, not always a bullseye for what we would do, but very important so that, you know, we kind of, again, went up a layer and said, hey, what are some of the basic needs that we need to address in our community before we can go back to the bullseye needs of our mission? And that's just how it is sometimes. And that's been historically what the foundation has done with, uh, you know, 2012 High Park Fire or the 2013 floods. It's always been this idea of sometimes you need to go up a notch and meet basic needs and help a community get back on its feet before you can bullseye back into your mission. And, you know, that was really exciting for our group. And then, of course, most recently, the wildfires and partnering and, and putting up a match with Red Cross where we were able to really um, impact the needs. They're so big right now with <laughs> the results of all the different fires that occurred in northern Colorado and throughout Colorado that we just really wanted to be a good player and really help those. And we had so many of our own employees that were facing needs related to that. So we wanted to make sure that we were, again, a leader in giving back and making our community stronger. Yeah, it's all, the, it's all yeah. the warm feels about that. And it's something that I'm extremely proud of um, to, to be a part of an organization that's like, this is, 
All right. Our mission is important, but our community is important. And we need and to we're make an sure integral that, part of that, right? That's yeah. right. That's right. And we, we, you know, it's great. We want to have kids go through and learn these um, amazing principles and skill sets and this mindset. But in order to do that, they need to ha- be in, a, in an environment and a community that can in, in make that happen. So I, um, it was very humbling for me and a huge, um, I gained a lot of empathy to that point. I've grown in my empathy um, a lot, you know, connecting with and talking to nonprofits who are like, we can't have an event and we, you know, this is our fundraiser and we don't know what to do. And being able to provide that sense of it's going to be okay, take the grants that we've given you, use them as you need them. We're here for you. Let us know how we can continue to support you. I think it was huge. I mean, being just hearing those words of encouragement and support, just sometimes just people need to know that someone's there that cares. And um, we were able to, to do that, to be there and either provide funding or provide, you know, resources or people or whatever that was. Like we were, it was a very, um, it was a hard year, but it was such a, a beautiful year watching our communities come together like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so many tears. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it really was. I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, the fact that we can in the community that we do business in um, or headquarter our business in is really important, right? Because if, mm-hmm. You know, if we have that community first approach where our people are, it is transformative and it really is what makes things work (laughs) in that community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a big part of our of our giving has always been around the amazing talents and skills of our Otter employees. And, you know, historically, for our listeners who don't know, Otter employees are like voracious volunteers. Like they live and breathe, like getting out and volunteering and making a difference in their communities. It's so inspiring. And watching them at work is incredible. Oftentimes we'll have a project and we're like, hey guys, it'll be four hours. And they knock it out in an hour and a half because they're just so excited about getting stuff done. And our community partners, like, I, I asked for four hours and you guys have just, you came in and killed it. We're like, yeah, that's just how otters work, man. <laughs> this is what they do. They love doing work and getting in and making a difference. And I think for a lot of our otters this year, it was a it was a difficult season in terms of how can I give back in a way that is safe, um, that follows social distancing guidelines, and that is impactful. And I think I think otters have done that. You know, I I think it's been it's been one of those interesting years, but they never stopped. Otters don't didn't rest on their laurels and didn't stop going out and volunteering. They just did it differently. Um, and that's been inspiring and just beautiful to watch from the Otter Cares perspective to see these incredible people go out in their communities across the country, around the world, um, and staying true to our core value of giving back. And Linda, I'd love to know what's from your perspective as a leader of our organization and being able to interact with the leadership with an auto products, like how, how has this made you feel? Like how, what are conversations that have been having around this idea of like, man, this has been a weird year, but our otters don't stop. 
Right. Well, I, you know, so proud is the, the first thing that really, you know, comes to your mind is that you're just so proud of the people that are a part of this company and the culture within the company. You know, I mean, I think the first thing that we started to see um, our company, our employee engagement is off the charts. Normally we have, you know, 94% <laughs> of our employees, you know, using their volunteer time off at 17 hours or more, which is, you know, just three times the national average um, in terms of percentage, but then, you know, it just, even in terms of hours per person. And so, you know, w immediately from a leadership perspective, the leaders really didn't focus in on, are we going to hit that metric, right? Like it's not the metric of those percentages that's important. It's, you know, hey, let's think about our people here. How can we still, we, we see our volunteer time off more as a bucket filler for our employees and a part of their own personal tank filling as much as it is a part of the, the tanks they're filling in the community, right? Like, and so right away it was, you know, this idea of, you know, hey, it's, it's about the impact, not about how many percentages we're accomplishing, right? And what are the needs in our community and how can our otters pivot to hit those needs? And that's what we saw our leadership talking about. That's what we saw our employees who are always volunteering focused on, you know, and many of them may have a passion to volunteer in one area, but they said, hey, whatever it takes, we're going to help this nonprofit, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, we all learn to be virtually savvy on different, um, you know, video calls and things. And we had so many otters that said, okay, if I can't go into a school in a physical way, I can go in in a virtual way and still create that same impact. So, you know, again, just so proud that our leadership, our employees really, you know, put into practice that core value of giving back and that regardless, I mean, it's easy to say, hey, I don't I don't want to do this. I don't want to risk anything. But we just over and over again had people that stepped up to the front line to say, hey, let me add it. Let me find a way to help our community thrive. What can I do? Even if it's not my passion focused area, I want to get out there. I want to fill the gaps that these nonprofits and schools have. And I want to be a difference maker. So, again, just so proud of the way our entire company approached the year and really looked for opportunities to be difference makers. That's awesome. What a way to like step up, right? I mean, it obviously, you know, presented with the challenge and like everybody stepped up, right? In their, in their own way, kind of whatever that looked like. And that's, um, that's encouraging, right? You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy, it's easy mentally to think that, well, the world's kind of a dark place right now, but, um, there's a lot of good people. There's Absolutely. a lot of great people, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think they all work at Otter, though. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. You know, and um, I got to give a shout out to our employee engagement manager. You know, Courtney has been working tirelessly to 
connect otters to those opportunities where they feel valued, they feel safe, and they feel excited. Um, whatever that looks like, whether it's virtual or socially distancing at like the food bank to, um, you know, help support families in need. I mean, that, I mean, she's been working really hard to make sure that despite the, the, um, the turmoil we're experiencing, otters feel connected, they stay engaged, and they do feel like, hey, I can, I can get out and either do this virtually or I can, you know, put on my work boots and go out and, you know, help some, help the wolves. That's one of my favorite ones. Or build yeah. houses still in a socially distanced way, you know? So um, to echo your point, Linda, I, I'm extremely proud. I, I, this has been a year where, yep, we could have been like, well, we're not going to hit our 94%. So why even try? But that is not how we operate. We know that the, the purpose of volunteering is about impact for both the volunteer and for the organization and the people that they serve. And that never stopped. I think that that moved to the top of this is why we do this. This It helped to help us remember like, hey, we go out to volunteer because it's the right thing to do. And it helps everybody involved. It's not about it's not about hitting that percentage. It's about the lives that you change because you you've invested your time and when people needed you. So yeah, I'm and, so proud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I do. I, I want to second your shout out to Courtney because I think she's really tried to say, hey, what is maybe a skill or talent this employee has, and really, really working hard to match that to the gaps that are out there with schools and nonprofits and with all the pivots and twists and how schools operate, she has really made some pretty magical things happen um, with our educators, with JA and some of the programs that they have had and the way people have had to go to a more virtual approach to their programs. And so um, it's been really fun. She's been, you know, um, onboarded and, you know, kind of caught up in a firestorm of uh, hey, this is how we do it, but now you've got to reinvent and fly the plane while you're building it. <laughs> so she's done a great job. <laughs> Absolutely, awesome. she has. She has. You know, this is um, this has been encouraging and inspiring for me to just kind of take a moment to just take the time and reflect on the things that we've accomplished. And I think it's really easy to look at 2020 and feel and have you know, be somber about the things that we didn't do. You know, the, the the plans that were lost, the vacations we couldn't take, the, you know, all those plans and ideas that we thought we were going to achieve and make happen in 2020, and that didn't happen. So I love that we can take those moments and really celebrate the good stuff that came out of the year um, while being mindful of all the things that happened. You know, it doesn't you know, disregard the hardships and the losses and the right. um, the tears and the fear that we all experienced, you know, but in those dark times, there is always light. And when you take the time to find that light and celebrate it, it gets bigger and it helps you continue to move forward and be excited about the next stuff that's going to, the new exciting stuff, the unplanned plans that are going to happen. Right. <laughs> the un so, I like that. The, <laughs> the unplanned plans that will happen. Um, and, you know, to help close this out, I want to know from you, Linda, as you, if you we reflected on 2020 and we see these beautiful goals and accomplishments that we've been able to achieve despite uh, the wonkiness of 2020, um, what are you most excited about for Otter Cares in 2021? Yeah, well, that's such a good question. I, You know, I think 
because of the opportunity that we had to really um, be a little more strategic in 2020, um, you know, what I what now we get to see is what that looks like when it's implemented um, and the impact it has. Right. So, you know, just I think we just have such an and, you know, we have a big summit in the fall of 2021 that centers around entrepreneurship. And this year has really given us the opportunity to do listening tours that will really, I think, take that programming to a different level than it would have if we would have held that summit in 2020. You know, I just I think there's so much that we've learned and so much that has happened in the space of education that it's really made us better. And I just, I look forward to connecting all those learnings into um, what will happen into that entrepreneurship sun, summit. You know, um, we've been working hard on Project Heart, right? We've, we've talked about it as, you know, how do we make Project Heart an experience for students and how do we incorporate design thinking in the process? And, um, we've got some really exciting things in the works with that, and they're going to come to light in 2021. So, you know, I, I just think it's really fun. Um, again, sometimes when you're when you're really able to, you know, pause for a second and really focus in on those things, um, great things happen. So I'm excited. Um, I'm also excited to actually get back out in the classrooms and in person, see our grantees and connect with them and you know, there's just such an opportunity with that. You know, I, I just think it's really, it's, it's just a great time. And I think so much will come to life and bring to life all the hard work that happened um, in this year. That's awesome. Like the groundwork's laid and now we're going to start going up, right? Getting stuff out of yeah. the ground. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm, jacked about 2021 <laughs> um but linda i have one more question for you uh, yeah. about 2020 um so if you could describe 2020 in one word what would that word be oh such a good question and i my word would be awakening you know when you look back historic when you look back <laughs> yeah. His, yeah it is when you, when you look back historically you know, there have been spiritual awakings. There have been, you know, there's been all kinds of things that really sort of shift things. And um, I was actually in a conversation today with Meredith Larson, who is our VP of customer service and also on the Auto Cares board. And and one of the conversations we were talking about was, um, you know, I think there's going to be an awakening in leadership, right? I think this is going to be a time where people are writing books about leadership or that come out of this time frame, right? You know, and I think we've we've had so much awakening in how we do education, right? And what do we need for workplace environments, right? Yeah. Do we need to be physically present? Can we have remote? Can we have blended work environments, right? Our healthcare, our systemic social issues, politics, right? Um, you know, and really, I think probably the thing most precious is when COVID first hit, all of a sudden there was this shutdown and families were together almost 24-7, right? And it just really made us say, hey, do we need all this other stuff, 
right? Like, you know, right here is what's most important. And so I think in many ways, you know, 2020 was a gift because it's it's provided awakening in so many different things um, that we're going to look back on in time and say, wow, that really changed our our world because. And there's going to be some evidence of that, like we've seen historically in other time eras. Wow. Are you writing a book? Because that sounds no. like a good book. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Maybe. Not, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? Jess would have to be my ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh. Sure. Let's make this happen. We got this. Yeah. You and me, Linda, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what a good conversation. Thank yeah. you, Linda. Linda, this yeah. has been awesome. I am so appreciative of you. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for um, helping us to, uh, truly unexpected year with such poise and grace and continuing to keep us, to remind us of the bigger picture when, you know, you get lost in the weeds and you feel like you can't make it out. So thank you for that. I'm very appreciative to you and what you've done. Our team is better because of you. So thank you for making mm-hmm for doing this and oh, um thank you, Jess. yes and thank you for sharing this with us this is so much fun yay <laughs> yeah no it's been fun and here's to 2021 yes That's absolutely right. and That's part right. for the car so you can probably hear my dog barking in the background right that should be a part of every communication that comes out of 2020 right I tell like you. dogs barking or somebody walking through the background That's right. <laughs> that's right cool well awesome it's been awesome thank you linda we appreciate it and um we're excited watch out 2021 we're coming for you i like it i love it yeah and it's um it'll be exciting to see the really cool stories that you two bring to light (laughs) (laughs) no pressure no pressure yeah what a, what a great conversation, right? Where we looked back, we kind of looked forward. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for 2021. And um, it was also a little bit nostalgic looking back on 2020. Seriously, you know, it's, it's very easy um, in my perspective to reflect back on the year and just really feel like it was really hard. Like we can say it was really hard and between lockdowns and masks and all of the negativity and all of the the really sad moments that happened in our year there were really beautiful bright spots that um i don't i hope i don't ever lose sight of and i hope our listeners and our communities realize that within the darkness there's always light there's always something bright and beautiful that we can look to um when when times are a little bit difficult. So I hope that um, as we reflected on what 2020 brought us and what we were able to accomplish together, um, you were able to, you know, really reminisce and walk alongside those memories and kind of pull in some of your own memories of the positive nuggets that were like, oh yeah, 2020, I got to learn this, right? I experienced that, or it, I got time to do this. Um, and really remember that it, 2020 was a weird year, but we got through it. (laughs) We tried to make the best of it, right? (laughs) (laughs) We got through it, everybody. So we win. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We're good. So um, we are so excited about 
2021. You know, it's a new year full of endless opportunities to really take what we created and experienced and learned and lost in 2020 and grow from it and, um, you know, making 2021 uh, really a good year to remember. So I, I really hope that this was inspiring for everybody. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking with us this whole year, and um, thanks for subscribing. And we look forward to another great season in 2021. So, thanks for joining, everybody. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Jess. Happy New Year! Happy holidays! We can't wait to talk to you in the new year, y'all.